Well, hey, and welcome to this week's edition of the Billionaire Podcast. We are here. We are live. We are here with Joe Quero. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing very well. How are you? Very, very fine. You know, apprentice billionaires all across the world tune into us to find out what are people doing to make money and how are these young people making a bunch of money. You're the owner and CEO of Absolute Duct and Chimney. Real, real sexy type of business there, Joe. Uh, what type of business I have? <laughs> it's not sexy at all, is it? It's like duct and chimney cleaner. It, business doesn't yeah. need to be like this fancy, sexy thing to make a lot of money. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, um, tell us, what got you into business, Joe? And, and you know, because it's been a few years now, what got you into your own business? Um, <clears throat> well, basically, I, I learned a skill from, you know, another gentleman that owned a, the same duct and chimney type of cleaning business. What got me launched into this business was just, you know, um, the cap that I, that I, you know, was making that I could, you know, I couldn't pass that income ceiling working for somebody. Although I was making commission and, and a good salary, um, you know, I, I worked for somebody, and so he got rich off of, of, of my work, which is fine. Um, but I wanted more. I wanted, uh, you know, freedom for my family. I wanted, you know, the, the, the chance to make as much income as I wanted to provide that legacy for my family and my kids. So it was more of a drive of just wanting more. Yeah. Um, you know, now, how old were you? How old were you when you decided to? Uh, this is it. I'm going into business myself. What age? Uh, Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Most of your friends, you're twenty-five, jumping into business for yourself. Most of your friends think you're crazy. Think that you're brave. What what are, what are their thoughts? Um, yeah, it was a little bit of both. Um, a lot of people thought I was crazy uh, because I had a, a great paying job already. I was you know making ninety thousand dollars a year working with this guy. Um, a lot of them didn't even know. I mean, they're like whatever. I mean, uh, twenty-five year olds around my you know when I was twenty-five year old. You know, they, they didn't even have a job. They were just still playing Game Boy. They're still playing, you know, video games, <laughs> things like that. So um, those are the friends that I quickly kind of got rid of and, and had to, like, change my sphere of influence. To, yeah. You know, it yeah. Just, you know, it was toxic. It's kind of crazy, though, that, you know, young people want to go into business themselves, and they let other people talk them out of it. I think that, oh, yeah. you know, for you, you're an example of – Go and and you put it best there before. You said you go learn a skill working for someone else, and then you decide how do I turn that into a business. But it it was right. interesting because it's easy to fall into the self employment trap, though. So tell me, how did you get past that? Um, <clears throat> you're absolutely right about the self employment trap because uh, that's what I was used to when I was working a job. You know, I was just used to doing the same thing. Um, in order to get out of the self-employment trap, I, you know, you really have to know why you're in business for yourself. And for me, was I want to travel. I want to have unlimited streams of income so I can travel the world with my family. But if I'm tied down to having to work the job to make the money, and then when I travel, I don't make money, then you sit in this trap saying I can't have time off because I still need to work to make money. Um, so. Getting out of that was number one, knowing why I was in business for myself, then seeking help to be able to get guidance on on creating a business other than a self employment job. Yeah, I think a lot of young people, buddy, they they look to self employment and see it as a great thing, and then at some point you're making reasonably good money, you're doing okay, and you get to that point of just hang on a second, I can't leave, I'm done. If I if I leave, we don't make a dollar tomorrow. We we I'm done. What am I gonna do? Right. 
Um, tell me what what had to change, what had to shift for you to get from being self-employed to then becoming a business owner? Because nowadays you got all the technicians doing the work, you're running the business, you work less hours, making much much more money. What had to right. shift? Uh, my mentality, and I would have to say my pride. Um, Hang I, on, your pride. What do you mean? It. What do you mean your pride had to shift? My pride had to shift, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the negative type of pride, you know, as far as what, you know, I, I thought I knew everything. I went into business, now I'm making, you know, $130,000 a year, and it's just impeding my truck and my wife answering phone calls, and then I just kind of got to, oh, I, I think I got this, I think I got this. So, <laughs> you know, my, my mentality just really had to change, and I was sharing a story about how, you know, I was walking with my wife hand in hand down the street after a long day's work and work, and said, wow, we're making a lot of money just doing it by ourselves. I like this. I think I can stay this way. And I just got this sick gut feeling the minute I said that word, like, wait a minute, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I said I wanted. And that's not what I promised my wife and kids, you know? And so, um, it's like, it's like, hang on. Am I going to settle? Am I going to settle for this? Oh yeah, exactly. It was a settlement. It was a sickness knowing that I just said the words I'm going to settle. And I'm a competitor. You know, I played sports, you know what I mean? Um, I was in law enforcement, top of the class in my academy, and you know, I'm a competitor. And so when I said that, it was just against every single moral code I had in my body, and I just felt sick, you know, just when I when I said I was going to settle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, look, if we look at your year-on-year growth, 60-plus percent year-on-year growth, knowledge yeah. had to be a part of that. But I think also, you know, you, you got coaching, you wanted to get more knowledge, you decided not to settle, you decided to become a business owner rather than self-employed. How how much did you have to, you know, change the way you approach things to be, okay, I'm no longer the guy in the ducks. I'm no longer the guy out there on the man in the van doing the work. I got to right. shift my thinking. Was it tough? Was right. it easy? What was the biggest changes? Well, in the beginning, it was very, very tough. You know, um, I never read books. I never read self, you know, um, books that, you know, help me to change my mental way of thinking. So, you know, having to actually carve out time to read uh, was huge for me. That's something I had to change because um, all the great leaders, all the great millionaires out there said that reading is part of the daily activities. Um, starting to do affirmations every single day about, you know, what I want to see in existence in the future. You know, I have to start speaking it into existence is what I, what I tell my kids. Um, a lot had to change. I had to learn how to become uncomfortable, do things that I'm not, you know, I wasn't willing to do, but do it because I know it's going to bring the change. You know, the stuff that you don't see immediately as far as change, but you know it's going to bring you growth in the future. So it, it, it was uncomfortable, but I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Now, one of the things you changed, and now you've become a genius at this stuff, is getting jobs. Like your marketing stuff had to shift. And I want to spend a bit of time on this because there's a lot of lessons you can teach people about Google, about Yelp and getting reviews and running ads and all that sort of stuff. Where did that start? Like what was the starting point of that shift? Um, the starting point of the shift when it came to Google was, you know, um, you know, as we started hiring, we were pushed by our coach to hire our first person. Um, and then the, the idea was insane to me because it's like, well, there's only enough work for me. How am I going to get more work to get an extra person? But I know <laughs> I need this growth. So um, it, it, the answer is in marketing and how you market yourself. So, you know, we have to clean up how our Yelp page looks, our Google page looks, put more pictures on there. 
um, ask our customers for reviews because the more five-star reviews you have organically, they start to show your stuff. Yeah. Um, Tell me about the pictures. For, what for, let's let's get into some details here. What sort of pictures worked best for you? What were the things that got you the best results picture-wise? Uh, it was a couple of things. Definitely the before and after pictures of jobs that we did mm-hmm. were, were, were fantastic. But, you know, we, we advertise ourselves as a family-owned business, so even personal pictures, you know, obviously you don't want to put two personal pictures, but pictures of me and my wife and my kids and even our team because we call them our family and things like that. So just pictures of just activity on day-on-day office activity, you know, taking pictures out in the field with your technicians, um, things like that. And we get a lot of good results, good feedback from customers that look at our pictures and say, hey, you know what, even though you're a little more expensive than another competitor that had good five-star reviews, I like the fact that you get personal pictures on there. It makes me feel like I can trust you. And so that was that was uh, Very know, nice. sort of adding more to that. Yeah. Very nice. Now, getting people to give you reviews, asking customers to give you reviews, not as great in the beginning, but now you do it amazingly. What are the keys to getting customers to give you nice, to give you their five-star reviews? Um, well, obviously training our technicians to, you know, at the end of every work, we say, hey, did we exceed your expectation of excellence today? Because our, our motto is to serve with excellence. If they say yes, then we say, hey, it, it, the biggest compliment you can give us is a five-star review on Yelp or on Google. And then we have a we have an application that follows up with an email and a text a day or two later asking for that review. So it's constantly reminding them that, hey, we need this review if you, if you were happy with us. Because uh, a lot of people don't do it right away. So if, if you have something ongoing that will remind them and that won't take up hours of people having a call and go back and asking, like an application, that's really helped us. We went from you know, maybe 20 reviews on Google and Yelp to well over 100 now, and that happened within the last year or so when we made those changes. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's amazing how you can automate and systematize asking for those reviews, and I think it's a very important aspect of it. So what else did you have right. to shift on your Yelp page and on your Google to make sure that, because a lot of people don't even realize their business has a Google page, which is kind of crazy. A lot of people don't even realize their business has Google ratings. What else did you have to change on there, not just pictures and stuff, and, and not just asking for ratings, to really get your numbers up and lead flow? Oh, like you said, um, you know, instead of just settling for all the organic leads that you get, you know, which is very minimal, start paying for some more leads, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, we have a generous budget now towards uh, Google ad leads and Yelp leads and even on Facebook and Instagram now. It's all the stuff that people are on. So if you just settle for the organic stuff, yeah, you'll get some work, but you're, you're selling yourself up for failure because if you want growth, then you're going to have to start paying for leads as well. That's all part of marketing. So just being comfortable knowing that, you know, put together a system that, that, that gives yourself a good marketing budget for the size of the company that you are and then start paying for the, the leads. And then as you grow, you're going to have to obviously increase that budget. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's an important lesson to learn. What is, how much are you spending per customer at this point? What's your cost per lead or cost per sale that you're running at at this point? Um, it averages out about $15 per lead. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very generous. You know, we don't have as much competition as, say, a plumber or an HVAC technician out here. They're, they're priced per lead typically on 25 to 30. So $15 is very good for us as far as per lead. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, that, and that way every job is profitable from day one. I mean, the first you, first you get a brand new customer and your lifetime value of customers is strong too. Absolutely. We learn to retain our customers on an annual basis. You know, It's just the right question. You train your technicians to ask the right questions once the job is done and you can get ongoing customers annually. Yeah, I want to get back to that training the technicians thing, but just staying with Google and Yelp, 
Um, now you said you've moved over to uh, Insta, you're, you're looking at other things, Facebook, all that sort of stuff. What does it take for you to learn each one? Did it take like a period of months? Is it weeks? What, what was it? Did you hire people? How was your best result for that? Well, the best results, number one, is to get somebody in our office that's young enough that understands it all. Um, you know, but are you I'm, not I'm that old? Like, Trust me, this old guy's going, what, you're asking for young people? Come on. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, I can't, you know, I mean, I, I understand it, but some of them really, really understand it, you know, and it's typically these even younger people than I am that understand these things, but the mm-hmm. go-getters. Um, my coach, Coach Carey, she also coaches um, um, a marketing person, somebody that has a marketing business, and they have uh, with a cool feature in their business where they come and they coach somebody in your company to, to learn the Facebook and the, the Instas and, and how to advertise and how to really utilize that for your business. And so we hired her to coach the girls in our office to do that, and it's it's just been it's, – it's launched us on Facebook and, and, and Instagram, you know, even further than we could do it trying to figure it out on our own. I think that's an important thing, though. A lot of people, they're not willing to invest in getting knowledge, and it's kind of crazy in my books. It's like, hang on, you're going to do this with trial and error? Why? Right. So, good to see... Yeah, good to see that investment is is paying off, though. I think that, you know, as we move through and Yelp, Google, ratings, all that sort of stuff is vital for business today, and I'm, I'm glad that you guys have mastered that, and that's what brings you in the lead flow when you add a new employee now, do you just up the marketing budget to be able to fill up their van and keep them in business? What's what's the way you work that? Um, can you repeat that? You just you cut out. Oh, sorry. I'm just saying, when you add a new person into the business, a new technician, do you, do you just increase the budget so you can add more leads and therefore more sales to keep them busy? What's the system for that? Um, when we add somebody in, you know, we we first of all have to understand how much each van costs mm-hmm. and how much money it comes in once it's maximized. Then we know that we have a 90-day uh, training period and how much that's going to cost us out of pocket. And so we put those budgets together, and based off of that, after we hire somebody, you know, we increase our marketing budget. You know, but we can't do it too fast because he has to be trained. Sometimes the training doesn't even work out. You have to go to the next person. So we have a system to where we know how much a van, another van will cost, how much it's going to bring in once after a year of training and getting somebody going, and how much it's going to cost us out of pocket to train. And based off of that, we put together a marketing budget. And I, I think that's really important, Joe. And it, I mean, people want to grow their business and then they're like, well, yeah, we need to grow. We're going to add more. Well, you've got to grow the marketing with the growth of the business. Otherwise, you can't feed those those guys in the trucks. I mean, you got to feed them. You got to give them new business every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've seen companies where, you know, they do one or the other too much. Like, for example, there was a company that I know that they just started pouring too much of the marketing before they had a guy and it hurt them because they, they had to turn away jobs. They started messing up jobs. There's too much pressure. So I think there needs to be a good balance together as you grow with that. Very nice. Very nice. Now, training your technicians now, as you just said, you got a 90 day thing to get them up and running and all this stuff. Let me, I want to take you back a few years when you first started in business, Joe, doing this yourself. You know, you learned the skill, you turned into self-employed. Was this in your mind back then? Did you ever see this being the reality? Um, no, no, I didn't. Like I said, when I first started, I just, I thought it was just going to be me. Yeah. You know, but um, like I said, the, the training really helped because it, it just taught me the importance of systemizing the business and it's, you know, when I got with Coach Karen, we were about to hire our first person. She said, before you hire, write a training manual. 
you know, like the step by step processes of everything, and they get and how long will it take for them to kind of get from from A to B and then from B to C and C to D, you know, all the way to Z. So, you know, just creating small systems and doing things little by little, and that definitely the 90 day plan, getting on the 90 day plan that we do with her is just, you know, that that has gotten us to, to now we're so comfortable doing it that you know we wouldn't do it any other way. Yeah, I think that learning, you know, it there's a process of learning to be a business owner, and you know, and this is the craziness yeah. of it all. You know, I, and I love all of the other teachers out there on the internet, the, um, you know, Gary V's and all of these guys, Ty Lopez, they're, they're all great. However, there's a, there's a learning process of being a business owner. It's not just, yeah, rah, rah, you can do it, that stuff. You've got to learn that process of becoming a great business owner. How far into that process are you now and how far do you think you've got to go? Well, I, you know, um, I've learned to be um, a great business owner to the level that I'm at right now, but I still have a lot more that I want to do. Mm. You know, um, the dream of this business is, you know, to build a strong system to, to grow a name brand that we have here in San Diego and franchise it out. Yeah. I love watching young people start a business. I don't care what it is. You know, I'm always an advocate of going to people and saying, hey, you have a skill. Why are you sitting on your butt? Sell it. We'll make money. <laughs> so I'll start there. You know, and so I want to franchise that. My dream is to franchise this, to, to, you know, and, and so that way I can get, you know, sell it to young motivated kids and then teach them the system and teach them how to become a great business owner. Yeah. You know, um, so I, you know, the level of greatness that I want to be as far as a business owner is somebody that, that basically mentors and trains other young people to be business owners. I That's love what it. I want to get at. I love it, buddy. You got to keep it going. You know, the more yeah. employers we create, the easier the world becomes. We got to stop getting everyone leaving school to become an employee and start teaching them to get out there and get your own business. So now let's get back to that. training because you love training now and your technicians are the people you spend a lot of time training. I want to focus in on one part of it, though, not the job of their job, but the part where you uh -huh. teach them how to upsell and, and look for more opportunity when they're out at a customer's job site. Tell me more about that and give us the lessons. What's the most important things there that everyone should learn and put into practice in their business? Absolutely. Um, so basically, we, we, we have a business where we offer multiple side services based off of what we do. So if we do a chimney cleaning, for example, and we're at a chimney and there's, you know, little damages here and there, cracks in the firebox, cracks in the bricks and joints, a damaged crown, things like that. Well, yeah, we can do what's enough and just clean the chimney and say, hey, you have these issues, go get it fixed by somebody. But, you know, our technicians now learn that, you know, whenever they go into a job and they introduce themselves and they're there for a service, in the home, there's about two or three other things that they can do to upsell and provide some type of more quality to their service. Um, so we train our technicians just to kind of go in there and, and as they introduce themselves politely and professionally and things like that, to keep their eye out for other things. For example, bathroom exhaust. We can clean those bathroom exhausts. You know, we can clean dryer vents. We can clean air ducts. So just because we're there for one service, we have to let them know that we do all these other things as well and that we could provide a discount if we do it on the same day. Mm. Um, and we have a very good system of doing that to where, you know, our, our, our technicians are upselling almost every day, if not every other day. There's, I mean, see, that to me is where – I don't know why, but a lot of people leave money on the table. They go and do a job with a customer or they go and make a sale of one item and they don't ask for the second, third, fourth sale. And, and I think that right. that's an important part. Do you think that's a real big part of why you've had the year-on-year -year growth that you've had? I believe it is. I believe it is. Um, 
you know, one of the biggest years that we had was last year. We actually closed out the, the, the biggest we've ever been. And that last year was pretty much the time we started pushing a lot of the, the training on upselling. Huh. And we call it upsell with integrity because obviously if they don't need it, we don't need to mention it. But yeah. if we don't mention it, then we're providing them a disservice and not being somebody with integrity if we don't offer it. So, you know, we change, we're, we're helping not just train them what to say, but also helping the technicians to change their own mentality so that they can be confident in offering our extra services. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that fact. I love that, you know, you're building these young people to be successful, not just for your business, yes. but to be successful in life. They're learning key skills. They're doing all that sort of stuff. Tell me in all the time, Joe, of building your business, you've, you've gone on, you've been an example for this for young people. Obviously other young people are watching your success and watching what you're doing. How do, how do they relate to that? Are they jealous of it? Are they excited by it? What's sort of your reaction when other young people see you as a successful businessman now? Um, actually, I, I see it very positively. Um, I, I get a lot of like, wow, doing that, you know, you're only 30 years old and you, you, you're where you're at right now. And it, 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 it's, it's an exciting thing to know that they're excited. And then I can kind of like think into it like, okay, you're, you're a motivated young person. You're, you're probably saying that because you're interested in how this can happen for you. Mm. And so it turns into a talking point. Because like I said, I, I find every opportunity I can find, especially with young kids coming out of college right now that are broken with no job, to say, hey, you know what I mean? This can happen for you. Yeah. Um, I, 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 there's a mentality out there that, it's, that, that people think that they can't be what they want to be, that they have to go to school college to become successful and then they, they're, they're, they're hit with the reality that it's just not true for most people um so it it it, 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 it allows me to go i mean it's just very positive i can talk to them about you know doing what it is because i grew up really poor i'm one of those guys who are like oh yeah um he grew up poor so he's probably going to be poor I'm, I'm part of that statistic but you know i was able to rise above that you know yeah, it's only a statistic um, for those who want it to be, Joe. It's only a statistic if they say, ah, oh, you know, look, I don't have – it's like you can use stuff as an excuse or a motivation. You choose. and I, I'm, Absolutely. I'm Absolutely. glad you chose the motivation side of it rather than that. Think about this, yeah. though, Joe. You're sitting there with someone who's like wants to be the apprentice billionaire. They're the same – you know, they back when you were in your early 20s, you're doing the, the – the, you're at uh, – not college, at um, the academy. You're doing your training. You're doing all that sort of stuff. What do you think is the difference? How you took action, obviously, but young person sitting there today needs to understand that yes, you can do this too. How how do we get them to really believe that? Um. Well, number one, I uh, how do we get them to really believe that? Uh, sometimes their own figures that they look up to, like the billionaires of today, the multimillionaires of today, actually started off as nothing. You know, mm -hmm. so just starting to 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 help them to realize those things, like the Bill Gates of the world, the Warren Buffetts, the the people like that, um, people that they can that they know about because they hear about all the time. Um, but just you know, I think just in, in encouraging them and, and talking to them in a way where we can help to shift, you know, to train them to shift their mentality. Obviously, it has to come down to them choosing to do it, and and you know, we won't be able to help everybody because they have to have an equal level of receptiveness and acceptance to it. But you know. I, what I do is I just love to tell everybody the opposite of what society is telling them. You know, <laughs> yeah, you can do it. You can do it. You know, society is telling you this way. You're probably better off going the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Look, 
Sure. It's crazy, Joe, though, because, you know, you're on the other side of the fence now. You've built a business that's worth millions. You're on track. You're a definite apprentice billionaire moving in that direction, ready to build a national company. And 30 years of age, started at 25, took the risk, took the steps. And it's easy for you and me. And the average person, they're going, yeah, yeah, see, it's easy for you guys. You guys already got there. But I had to do it. You had to do it. We all had to take that first step to make our own success. And I think I got to applaud you, buddy, because I want to congratulate you on kicking butt out there, doing great things, building a strong family, a strong business. When... You know, and you see this as much as I do. People go, oh, millennials can't do much. You know, they're lazy. This generation is yeah. bullshit. Oh, sorry. But, you know, my generation, <laughs> they said the same about my generation growing up. You know, I'm a kid in the 80s. All we want to do is look at long hair and listen to music from rock and stuff. You know, I think anyone can achieve whatever they want to achieve. And you're an amazing example of that. And I got to give you I got to give you props for it. I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, absolute ducks and chimney. We're going to see it as a national brand soon. Kicking butt in San yep. Diego, going national, nationwide, maybe even worldwide, Joe. Let's throw that one in there. Maybe it's a worldwide thing at some point. Congrats. Hey man, it's it. all possible, right? It is all possible. The thing is, though, you got to do the learning. And that's that's for a lot of people. That, yep. Well, I don't want to read the books. As you said at the beginning, you had to learn to read. You know, I, I, yeah. I'm... I'm I love the fact that today I don't even have to do that. I jump on Audible, hit it at one and a half times speed, and yeah. listen to the dang book in, a, in much faster than I could read it. But these podcasts as well, this is the thing. you got so many podcasts out there in the world right now where you can learn what you need to learn. So, Joe Cuero, you rock, buddy. Thanks for being on a, an Apprentice Billionaire. Thanks for being on my podcast. Uh, thank you. I'll see you in February. Perfect.